Parenting and Parents on 702. So parental estrangement. Somebody was saying to us that they don't have a relationship with their parents. Should they go back and get in touch and try again? David Consalvez is with us, licensed psychologist. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yep, that's close enough. You said it's the the not so cool. Yeah, like Gonzalez, but not as cool. Not so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there's a disclaimer here that this conversation could uh, trigger some emotions today. So I'm just advising you when you listen to this and uh, apologies if it does. It's an important topic, isn't it? Mm. And something I should imagine happens more frequently than we would probably know. Absolutely. Sadly, it does. And I think our country has a specific set of statistics, you know, um, just in terms of absent fathers. I know that's not our, our you know, sort of point of uh, of this afternoon, but around 60% of our population do not grow up in the same home as their dads. Um, and 60%, beyond that, that's 60%, staggering, isn't it? It's absolutely staggering if you think about it, the majority of, of people. And that, of course, sets a whole cascade of things into place because it becomes the norm. And if it becomes the norm, that is how a lot of people inform how to do their own parenting or how to, you know, act as a father. So, of course, South Africa has, you know, various reasons, migrant labor in the past and so on that have maybe pushed that number up, you could argue. But uh, it is quite a staggering number. So if so, so there are obviously different ways of of losing a parent. I mean, they they could move off with somebody else. Uh, there could be work reasons. Mm. You might just fall out with them. What should you do if there has been that that distance, that chasm? You know, it's a it's a chasm that a lot of people feel, even though in many cases they've had people who've parented them. You know, um, over their lifespan, but there remains a chasm. I find with with many people, certainly that I've seen, there's there's a curiosity, and I find others who have got no desire to find their parents if they've been parented um, by somebody else. But in in many instances, there remains that chasm, a, a certain type of a, a curiosity, if you will, um, and also apprehension because you know those parents or that parent that's now estranged may have another life, and those people in that person's life may not know about you. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very, very tense and something that has to be handled with delicacy. So you say it's a, it's a frequent thing when it comes to, to fathers. I mean, what else do you see in, in families uh, that, that's common mainly to South Africa? So what I see a lot of in my own experience is um, there's a tendency in South Africa for fathers to maintain the attitude of, you know, I'm a man, don't ask me where I spend my time or, or mm. what I do. Uh, or sadly, it's, you know, you could call it for anything from cultural norms to historic uh, damage where people have just adopted this attitude of, you know, a child is a mother's problem. And so that's where I see a lot of parental estrangement comes from, mm. is from absent dads. And um, so there is... a in large part, a an irresponsibility on the part of, of some men. Um, and then when they, you know, become parents, often those men were, were parented by single mother households or grew up in granny's home and so on. So there has to be a change in how we think. Specifically, there has to be a change in what we consider normal. We've got to challenge a lot of these things that have mm. become norms for whatever reason, but they really do need to be challenged because there is a role 
obviously that parents play, but there's a role that a father plays in the life of his sons and daughters. And there's so many factors, aren't there? I mean, you might just fall out of love with them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? So it's it's a difficult question how you broach that topic mm. with the father. I mean, do you have to? Do they have to be reconditioned? Do they have to be educated that hey, you've got a child? You've got a child. How, a, how do you force them to care? Yeah, exactly. There's the million dollar question. How do you force them to care? Because uh, care is not something that you can suddenly learn. But through awareness, you know, you can begin to create an awareness of, you know, that this actually matters. It actually does make a difference. Just because that's how you grew up doesn't mean that it's okay. And um, in in a large, you know, in a big way, people, men, fathers are not always aware of what they missed out on mm. growing up. Um, it's really, well, that's really That's the thing is that you don't know, do you? Yeah, you don't know until you know. Yeah. And then maybe you can begin to care. Mm. So clearly education is paramount, something mm. that's got to start early and and finding somebody who can fill that void. So, okay, so your father's gone. Uh, how do you deal with this estrangement? What should you, as, as a, a kid growing up, do? So for kids growing up, there are various reasons why dad was estranged. I mean, we see a lot of adoption studies in that. But um, essentially, I think what we may be dealing with a bit more uh, with today is dad's absent for whatever reason. Mm. You know, how should a kid approach it? Well, you know, if, if parents have split, it often means that mom and dad are not on the best of terms. And if you're with the one parent, it's sometimes difficult to get that parent to enable you because kids are not earning an income. They don't have you know, means, uh, access to transport, means to, mm. to get across. And so you're often relying on the, uh, a person who's perhaps become a foe of that missing parent to help you to find that parent. It becomes very, very difficult for, for children. So I think all parents need to understand that even though your relationship with that, you know, the other parent um, has fallen aside or, you know, has, 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 gone to, has come to nothing, we need to appreciate that the child still can feel that chasm, will have that curiosity, because that is not only half of where the genetic makeup comes from, but there's always a curiosity and a little bit of a, a desire to be connected to that other person mm. that you, know, you can't just make up for and, and, and decide for them they don't need. Okay, we're going to be talking about this a lot more, but we've got some important information. But let me just remind you of the numbers again. If you want to ask David a question, 011-883-0702. You can also WhatsApp us on 072-702-1702. Parenting and Parents on 702. So we're talking about parental estrangement and a recent study in which adult children were surveyed about their relationships with their parents. They said 6% of adults in the study reported estrangement from their mothers, 26 from their fathers. Average age of first maternal estrangement, 26. First paternal estrangement, 23. And women were 22% more likely to experience this paternal estrangement than men. Dr. David Consalves is with me to talk about this. What do you do when your family cuts you off? What should your route be? Well, when your family cut, like if a parent cuts you off, yeah, it is such a tense thing to deal with. First of all, I think is you've got to consider the circumstances, what is going on, and, and you've got to preserve yourself a little bit. There are a lot of mm -hmm. people who could expose themselves emotionally and end up going making what is something that's fairly traumatic even worse. So 
Um, the reason for estrangement is, of course, important. So absence and estrangement are not necessarily the same thing. You know, your parent might grow up, you might grow up in a different home mm. from your parent. That doesn't necessarily mean you're estranged. But in, in terms of estrangement, what should you do? As an adult, I think, you know, you, you're, you're entitled to a conversation about it with, uh, with the person who's become estranged from you. Now, they might not grant you that, but you certainly are entitled to it so mm. it is um important i think get some guidance because you need to be emotionally protected it's obviously going to be something that carries with it some emotional gravitas it's going to affect you in some other way but i would suggest uh, with some guidance um get some counseling or some help but you do want to reach out to that person and understand mm. this estrangement you know how did it happen why it happened and how we're going to move forward from here the parent who's estranged from you might decide that this is how they want things to be and they, like you say, abandon you or completely move off. So sometimes we don't have the luxury of that uh, conversation, but the reason for that is closure. And closure is a very, very important thing. Mm. So uh, I was going to say to you, I should imagine that finding some sort of solution, whether you decide never to speak to each other mm. again or otherwise, is important. It is. It is important to have that closure for yourself. You know, we mirror ourselves in our parents very often. And there's an old saying in psychology that says, we seek our parents' approval until we die, not until they die. Uh, and you'll yes. find that often, you know, you might have lost a parent, but you still kind of seek their approval, would like to do, you know, well by them. Mm. Of course, with estrangement, that adds a whole massive dynamic to the whole um, scenario. So... For that reason, you need closure for you and you need forgiveness for you. You don't need to forgive the other person for them. Mm. You need to forgive for yourself. And if that has happened to you as a child or teenager or a young adult, what should you do as a parent then? What lessons should you take with you? So when you parent yourself, so if you've had that to me, when I deal with people who've gone through this, I always try and apply it to what does that teach you about your parenting? There's a lot of confusion out there. People think that uh, they need to attend every sports game. They need to buy their kids the best uh, shoe brand, etc. It's not really true. You know, for me, fathers, that's quite close to my heart, obviously, because I'm a father and I had a father. Um, a father's job is to remind his son that he's in his corner because life can be like a boxing match mm -hmm. and it's to teach his daughter how she can expect to be treated. Now, I know that's very linear. Obviously, it's more complex than, you know, I've just said now. But that is something that we can learn because when boys are abandoned by their, their parents, they feel alone and angry. Mm -hmm. And very often young women find themselves in compromising relationships where you'll find they're super intelligent, capable um, but they settle for, you know, below par relationships, if I can use the term. So we should take that and apply what we learn, apply and understand our own pain, which comes from closure, mm. understand your own pain and apply that into your own parenting. There are very valuable lessons that can come from pain. Mm. And setting boundaries. Mm. <laughs> There's a million. We can talk for hours on setting boundaries. <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics. Setting boundaries is crucial mm. um, in terms of, the fact that boundaries protect both parties, you know, unlike your neighbor's wall, the wall between you and your neighbor, um, sometimes those can be um, destructive. But boundary setting is extremely crucial. Mm. Often when you're in the mode of seeking, I'm seeking that parent or I'm seeking approval or I'm seeking, um, you know, some sort of a positive regard from that person, we drop our boundaries too low. And when those boundaries drop, other people can overstep those boundaries and then we find ourselves in 
situations that are quite uncharacteristic um, in terms of if we look at who we are. Mm. So boundary setting and understanding boundaries is, is very, very important, especially when you've been through a non-supportive or an absence uh, in a relationship from someone who's important. Uh, I've got a message here from a listener who wants to remain anonymous. What do you do when your own child cuts you off like seriously and so hurting because their life is in disarray and they are bitter towards me? Mm. That is such a difficult question. Again, we'd have to look at the circumstances, but what's very, very important as a parent when your own child cuts you off is to somehow, and hopefully there is a, a way for this caller to, to be able to do this, but somehow get the message across that the door remains open. Mm. So as parents, we've almost got to adopt that more vulnerable position sometimes when our children um, turn away from us, whatever their ages are and whatever their circumstances are. But the difficult thing to do sometimes is the right thing to do, and that is to get the message across that no matter what has happened, no matter how much you insult me, my door will be open uh, for a reconciliation of some, for, mm. some uh, sort or for communication. We've got a voice note from Givy, I believe, if we could listen to that. Hi, this is Kieran from Tutuza. Um, you know, parenting is a very, very important thing. I have to say I agree with David with everything that he's saying, right? But the problem, what happens when you are dealing with a parent that, that has been abused before. Because I remember I had problems with my dad. We ended up not getting along because he once said to me, um, when I grew up, my dad abused me and he used to beat me up. So the way I'm treating you now is what he did to me. So I think that's also a problem on what you expect your parent experienced before they had you. Shop, this is given from Twitter. Thanks, Given. Well, absolutely. You know, we, sadly, we do say that often that the abusee becomes the abuser. Mm. And um, from a logical point of view, one would think, well, of course, you know, they'd see the error, they don't want to be treated the way, that they wouldn't want someone else to be treated the way they were treated and victimized. But very often you be, it becomes the default. So that's what I, I meant earlier by watch out for what becomes normal mm. and challenge that maybe if, if it causes pain. But in Given's position, you know, um, what, is, what does a man in Given's uh, position do? He's got to protect himself. And that's where, um, like you rightly said, Jane, boundaries comes up. If his father's abusive, he's got to create a boundary. I mean, the, his father understands to a small degree that he was abused and I'm not sure if he's justifying the abuse that he, he could be uh, applying um, into Given's life, but Given's got to create a boundary and, and protect himself from that. A father's role should be a protector, but when the abuse comes from the person mm. who's supposed to be creating that protection, then you have to muster up as much strength and support as you can and create a boundary and stop that abuse mm. from, from being able to happen if it's possible. Because that is one of the most devastating things to happen i mean when do you reach the point where you just don't need to reconnect anymore where mm. it's for your mental safety to stay away not to bother right so and and you'll find that occasionally right so i mean i can think of uh, several people i've seen for example who had parents who had massive um uh, substance abuse problems and were doing you know the most horrific things in front of them, to them, around them, 
and they just grew up to to isolate themselves from that completely. So when the relationship becomes so destructive uh, that you know that that parent, for example, is just repeating behaviours that are dangerous for everybody. Mm. Again, this is where it helps to have guidance, which sadly the majority of people do not have access to. Um, and that's why I think programs like this are very helpful. But there is, there, there is help out there. Um, and what sort of support should you seek? Oh, you, you should seek. First of all, it starts in the community. So find people around you who you seem to behave differently, who seem to have a different value system to you. Um, again, depending on the age of the person and the circumstance, young children almost don't have that at all. In their case, it's usually through educational institutions, teachers, um, you know, grandparents, um, uh, people in the community around them. For for people who are a bit older, of you know, more of means, and go out and find professional help. Um, there are call centres, there are call lines. Begin there. You know, speak mm. to your local uh, doctor, counsellor, psychologists are available for sure. And, and, you know, really start to explore your own feelings. And um, there are times when you should just cut off. In fact, I've seen it even the other way around. There are many instances where where teens become addicted to substances and have placed their parents' lives in danger. Um, one particular family I'm working with at the moment who, you know, we eventually came to the conclusion that she had to isolate herself completely from her daughter who's 23 mm-hmm. years of age. But this daughter has, you know, been to every every single rehab available, has already cost her parents a fortune, and has made absolutely no effort to mm. um, address her substance abuse or any of her other psychiatric issues. And the parents have become elderly, and they are just not able to handle mm. her anymore. And and my recommendation after many many long and difficult chats was to to isolate because it was not helping anybody. Mm. Gosh, and that must be unbelievably uh, difficult. I mean, Chances says here, greetings, great topic. The power to bear children lies with the woman and not the man. Let's not overlook the fact that there are many children born non-consensual. There mm. is also that as well. I mean, that's another big topic. <laughs> Nancy was saying that after decades of living with a cycle of family estrangement, I decided it was time for me to stop trying to make it work. I was a scapegoat, the black sheep. I mean, why should I subject myself to people who undermine my love and support? Yeah, again, I mean, there are some family dynamics that sadly are very, very destructive. Mm. Um, you know, I have a, a client a few years ago who's a very high-functioning person in the corporate world in Johannesburg, and her family life was completely dismal. Um, lots of all forms of abuse, and um, she had to actually cut herself off. And today is a mother in a wonderful family, has a super supportive husband and wonderful children. So she completely broke the cycle and it could be what you know that caller is talking about is is breaking that cycle and there are cycles that can be broken mm-hmm. um and again that is it's it's largely a result of being exposed to the fact that that is actually possible and your life 10 years from now however dismal it may look can mm-hmm. be completely different I mean, it really is a big topic, and I think we've just scratched the surface. It's one that you could spend hours talking because there's so many different dynamics, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, getting more messages now, which obviously, we, sadly, we don't have time to answer. Apologies. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, what should they do, David? So I have a WhatsApp line uh, that they can use. The number is 082 Thank you, David.